I have looked forward to this, to be real honest with you, and I thank you for allowing me to speak. I, um, of course, we're praying for Pastor Jay and Dacia and a couple more months, but just keep praying for them, if you would, that God would guide and God would direct in their lives. And uh, I was hoping that Aaron would l- ask me to preach, and he did. Um, we just got back late Friday night from Branson, Missouri. Uh, we're tired, um, but I'm going to preach anyway. And uh, then the second time he asked me to preach, his nephew is getting married up in Wisconsin. So we should get home about midnight that night, and I'll be preaching again. And the third time he asked me to preach is January the 8th, and that's when Jane and I will celebrate 50 years of marriage. And, um, but we haven't celebrated it yet, so just hold your applause. But, um, <laughs> but at any rate, uh, he said, well, we can change the date, and I said, no. Uh, I said, my wife has been married to me now for almost 50 years, and she's used to having to change dates for uh, birthdays and anniversaries. When we first got married, she said, you celebrate your birthday on your birthday. I said, not if you're a preacher, you don't. <laughs> well, you celebrate an anniversary when you're anniversary. No, no, no. It doesn't always work that way. So at any rate, she's gotten used to it. And she's treated me good, and she's tolerated me for the years. What would you smart off and say, woman? <laughs> Your halo. <clears throat> a rusty old halo. No, no. But uh, any rate, so I appreciate Jane and, and uh, putting up with me for all of these years. And I appreciate you as a church for all the years that I had the privilege of serving here and being pastor of the church right here at, at Harvest Time. What a blessing it has been. Frankie, it's just good to see you, son. I married you guys. Look at that whole row of kids wherever you look. Delgados have got kids, but uh, at any rate, it's, uh, it's, it's good to be here. You know, we're living, we're living in difficult times. Would you agree with that? I think there are a lot of things that happen all around us uh, that, that truly, I mean, they truly trouble us. Um, I, I believe... I'll be reading from 2 Peter chapter 3 is where I'll be reading from. But I believe that I, in, in my lifetime, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but in my lifetime, I don't believe that I have ever faced some of the difficulties that we're facing now in our nation in which we live. Would you agree with that or is it just my imagination? But I feel that we're facing extremely difficult times. When it comes to Christians and and those of us who claim to know Christ as our Savior, it was Barner Research said something the other day that that truly troubled me. One of the things they said was that a large number of Christians, quote Christians, do not believe that the Bible is the inerrant, infallible word of God. Now, that bothers me. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I believe this book is real from cover to cover. I even believe the covers, I'll tell you. I believe that the Word of God is truth without any mixture of error. But I think what's happened to us is that we actually have ushered people into the lives of our churches that themselves have not really been saved. And they maybe they've never really got a hold of the fact that if they want something that is solid and secure, they need to cling to the Word of God. 
Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, it is vital for us as Christians to believe the Bible. I mean, you remember what uh, was a pilot that when he was trying Jesus, a question that came out, what is, remember that? He said, what is truth? What is truth? Well, I'll tell you what truth is. First of all, I'm holding truth right here in my hand. Now, some people say, well, I'll tell you what, I don't know. Uh, that book was written so many years ago, and I don't know that you can really believe that it's true. Here, here's, the, here's the issue, though, and that is in this day and age in which we're living, uh, they've tried to find things that are uh, wrong in the Bible. They've tried to discredit the, the truth of God's Word. And as they've tried to discredit the truth of God's Word, they have said, oh, well, that city, uh, that really didn't exist. And then all of a sudden, some archaeological discovery finds the city. So over and over again, the things that were in question have truth proven not to be questionable at all, but true, absolutely true. I was in college about almost 100 years ago, and I remember, well, when you're 78, getting close to it, folks, but I remember in college, one of my professors, Dr. Cochran, in our class one day, he made this statement. He said, now, um, the Bible is filled with errors. Some crazy guy raised his hand, Dalmas Meeks. And I said, Dr. Cochran, would you please show me those errors in the Bible? Well, we don't have time to be fooling with this now. We've got to press on. You know what, folks? I'm going to tell you. If you make a statement about God's word not being true, I want you to show me where it's not true. Is that fair enough? See, this is truth, and we need to cling to the truth of God's Word. So many are questioning the authenticity of God's Word. And then number two, and I didn't believe this one, but it must be true. It's, it's a research that was done. Many Christians question whether Jesus will ever come back again. And here's why they say it. They've been saying that for years. Well, they said it for years before he was born in Bethlehem of Judea. And I want you to know, my friends, he was born in Bethlehem of Judea, just like the prophet said he would be. Amen? Amen. See, when you look at God's word, you see truth. And if we don't grasp that truth, then where are we going to turn for truth? Would you agree with me? You know what? I used to watch a lot of news. I don't watch much news anymore. And you know why? What's truth? What's a lie? Somebody's smearing somebody else with a lie. That's the reason, my friends, when I pick up this book and I begin to read this book, I know I've got truth on my hands, Gary. This is truth. And I can cling to this truth and know that what I hold in my hands and what I read is not a lie. It is not some shady thing that someone's brought up. It is the truth of God's Word. I haven't started preaching yet. This is preliminary. This is preliminary. I laughed because we'll talk about this in the passage. But I remember just reading one of the political ads, and, and this guy said, can you believe it? This politician 
doesn't believe in evolution. He believes in creation. I said, hallelujah. I still believe that God did it, don't you? Hey, let's get into the scriptures and see what God says. 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Peter, by the way, was one of the 12 fishermen. Got called of, of the Lord. By the way, old Peter wasn't polypure. He struggled, didn't he? He denied the Lord three times. <laughs> he even took an oath and said, I don't even know the guy. That's Peter. But I tell you what, when he got fired up and got right, he was a powerhouse for God. Stood on the day of Pentecost and preached with such power and such authority that thousands of people clung to Jesus and trusted him as their Lord and their, and their Savior. Here's what he says. He says, Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle, because there's first and second Peter, in which I stir up, listen to this, I want to stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. Now, now listen to that in just a moment. I want to stir up your minds. I want you to remember some things that I'm getting ready to lay on you. Okay? Then he said your pure minds. If you'll read first. Peter. And if you read the first part of Second Peter, you're going to find that there were false teachers that were showing up on every side and, and teaching false doctrine. Okay? And, and so what does Peter do? He's letting them have it. But he says, I know you guys that are listening to me right now. He says, I know that you've got pure minds. Now, that not mean they were perfect. It meant that they were people of God, that they loved the Lord. They knew the Lord, okay? And so he was writing to folks that he knew had a relationship with the Lord. But he said, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us. The apostles of the Lord and Savior. Listen, here's what he's saying. He's saying not only did the message of the prophets declare the truth of God, but he said God has spoken to us, the apostles. We're also hearing the message of God. We're also sharing the message of God. See, that's one of the reasons, folks, you can trust all Scripture. All Scripture is divinely inspired of God. The Bible says so because we trust the prophets and we go through the prophets and they persecuted the prophets and many hated the prophets because they laid truth on them. Then the apostles come along and they lay the truth on and people don't like them either. And they make it rough on them because they're laying out the truth before the people. But he's saying, I'm claiming for us the authority of the Holy Spirit just that the prophets claimed that authority. And he said, we're claiming the authority for those of us who are apostles that together we're speaking the mind of God. See, if you want to know the mind of God, get in the Word. Get in the Word. See, see here's, the, here's the problem that we face. A lot of people say, well, I want to know the mind of God. So preacher, what is it? No, if you want to know the mind of God, it is not a matter of saying, preacher, what is it? It's, God, what is it that you're saying to me? Isn't that neat? Then he goes on and says this. I'm having fun, folks, whether you are or not. He says, in the last days, scoffers will come, and they will walk according to their own 
lusts. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, let me just read this verse real quick. Paul, in writing to young Tim, he said this. Now, the Spirit expressly expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Oh, that wasn't all he had to say. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul also says this. I know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. They'll be traitors. They'll be headstrong. So he says, in the last days, you have to understand that false teaching is going to come. And you better prepare for it. Now, how do you prepare for it? In spending time in the Word of God. Now, you're not going to recognize false teaching if you don't know what the Bible says. See, see, a lot of people fall hook, line, and sinker for false teaching. And it's simply because they don't know the truth. I appreciate. Can I, Randy, can I brag on you for just a moment? He probably don't brag, I've got to brag on him. I remember we had a guest speaker one time, years and years and years ago. And uh, there was a couple of things that he said that were not biblically accurate. No one said a word. Randy came to me and said, Thomas, did you hear this? Did you hear that? I said, thank you, Lord. No, I did. I said, thank you, Lord. Then my nephew, he heard something that wasn't right. It wasn't biblically accurate. Listen, folks, that's what you need to do. And I'm going to tell you when I'm preaching or whether Jay's preaching or or, or whether Aaron's preaching, it doesn't make any difference who's preaching. You need to make sure that they back up what they say by the Word of God. Does that make sense? See, if you... If I say something that is not biblically accurate, you need to confront me. Well, you just can't do that to the preacher. Oh, yes, you can. I've done it many times. And I don't mean to become a, a pain in the butt. I don't, in the backside. I don't mean, well, I'm retired now. No, I can't. But I, I don't mean to become an irritant to anybody, and I don't want to irritate anybody. But I'm going to tell you, folks, it is far better if I say something that is not biblically accurate, it is far better for you to confront me so that I may have just made a mistake in how I said it. Is that okay? See, I want you to hear truth. I want you to know it is truth, and I want you to hold on to it. I've always said in my years of preaching, you know, hold my feet to the fire. If you, if you feel that, that, that I'm not teaching properly or not saying the truth of God's word, but, you know, confront me about it. Confront me. Because truth is what people need to hear. And we want to make sure that it's truth. We want to make sure it's truth. Fair enough. 
Then he goes on to say, they walk according to their own lust. In other words, sensualism begins to be a part of them. Isn't it interesting how often when truth is, is ignored, sensualism begins to take over? And what do they say? Oh, they say, where is the promise of his coming? Come on, he's not coming back. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. From the beginning of creation. There's a great big word that John MacArthur uses, and some of you may have to help me, okay? But it was kind of interesting, and I never heard the word before, but I read it. It's called uniformitarianism. Now, what uniformitarianism, isn't that a big word? You didn't think I could even say it, did you? But I got it. All it is is just simply says this. Everything is uniform. Everything just happens by natural causes. And since creation, nothing has changed. Nothing catastrophic has ever occurred to change any of this stuff. It is all uniform. It is all just working together, just constantly. That's a part of life. There's a problem with that. And you know who's going to point that problem out to them? They're saying the fathers, since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Three things that we're going to look at real quickly. One is creation. I don't know about you, but I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Do you? See, I believe it. I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Number two, I believe that God brought judgment upon a world that had turned their back upon that almighty God. You know what that judgment was? It was a gigantic flood. Covered the whole earth. Oh, I don't believe that. Well, I'll tell you why I believe it in just a few moments. But then thirdly, that Jesus is coming back again. He's coming back. Get ready. Those are the three things quickly we'll look at. First of all, he talks about since the beginning of creation. 208 times in the scriptures, creation is mentioned. 208 times scripture is mentioned. Creation, creation, creation. See, see, I believe, I believe God has always been. I don't believe there's ever been a time there wasn't God. Does that make sense? then I believe that God spoke things into existence. That's what it says. I just believe the book. Now, some believe in something called what? A big bang theory. I just want to know what banged. I mean, if there's a big bang theory, something had to be there to bang in the first place. Well, see, God has always been. So God spoke God created the heavens and the earth, and, and uh, then God took from the dust of the earth, and, and God made man, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and, and man became a living soul. Is that right? Is that what the book says? So, so man became a living soul. And then God saw it was not good that a man be alone, caused a deep sleep to come upon him, took a rib, there's your rib, took a rib, and, and, and from that rib he made woman, and, and, and together they walked along beside each other what the book says. That's what the book says. So God is the creator of all things. See, I, I, I believe that. And I know some of you are gonna, not going to squirm like worm and hot ashes. I do not believe in evolution. I believe in changes that come. But I believe that God created all things. If you read the book of Genesis, 
He created each after its, remember that word? Own kind. Now, what's, now what is this? What is this? I, I'm, I'm a Missouri mule, my wife says. Hard-headed. I know that's hard for you to accept. But mules are cross between a donkey and a horse. Did you know that after a mule is born, I don't care if it's a boy mule or a girl mule, there'll be no more mules. Mules only come when a donkey and a horse are paired off, and mules do not reproduce. Hmm. You know why? Because kinds, God made each after its own kind. Is that fair enough? Now, I know some of you have your little doggies, your sweet little poodles, or, you know, you kiss them and everything else. <laughs> but anyway, you have those little doggies. And then some of you would prefer a St. Bernard, big dog. How many of you knew Roger Wynn in our church? Several of you remembered him. He had a heart transplant, and he decided he wanted a dog. And, and when, I, when he got a dog, I went over there. I was looking forward to seeing that Doberman Pinscher or that Rottweiler. He had this little tiny lap dog. Now, Roger Wynn was a mechanic. You know, he had a tough time getting the grease off from under his fingernails. So my thoughts was, Roger Wynn's going to get a dog. <laughs> I know what he'll get. Had this little tiny lap dog. Now he passed. I did his funeral, and I still criticized him for having a little lap dog. Even at his funeral, I criticized him. But that same little dog, they were. I raised pigeons. Doesn't that just impress you? Some pigeons will roll in the air. Some are called parlor pigeons. They'll be on the ground, and they won't fly at all. You can clap your hands, and they'll turn somersaults. You've got them that's got big fan tails, okay? Then they got some called Jacobins. They have feathers. You ever seen any? They got feathers over their eyes and hide their whole face. But they're all after its own kind because that's how God made them. Is that fair enough? Dalmas, you better hurry I'm tired, folks. I want a nap. Does anybody else want one? But he goes on to say this, created after their own kind. For this they willingly forget. That by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Now listen to this one. By which the world that then existed perished. Being flooded with water. Remember that? God said, Noah, things are not going to real good down here. For 120 years, you keep preaching, keep building, building an ark. I'm going to send a flood. So for 120 years, that old boy preached and built. Preached and built. Built this monstrosity of a boat out in the middle of nowhere, and it had never rained a drop. See, it was like a terrarium. And that's how I explain it. I don't know. But there were canopies of water overhead, and then canopies of water beneath. And God said, I'm going to destroy this thing. 
and the flood came and the earth was destroyed. All except Noah, Mrs. Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, and their brides. And that was it. And by the way, let me tell you something. Noah didn't shut the door of the ark. God said, I've had it, and God shut the door. He closed the door of that ark. Does that make sense? I lost a family when I first started pastoring. They said, because we don't like to hear about judgment. Can I tell you something, my friends? We need to learn about judgment as well. Jesus paid it all My sins nailed him to the cross. He paid it all for me. He faced the judgment that I deserved. He took it on himself so that I could be saved. But God said, I'm going to wipe this thing out. Flood's going to come. This is going to come. The flood is on its way. Now, someone said, I believe it was a local flood between the Tigris and Euphrates Valley areas. It's what I believe it was. Isn't it interesting what God said? God put a rainbow in the sky. Every time I see a rainbow, you know what I remember? God sent a flood, and God said, I'll put a rainbow in the sky. And when you see that rainbow, you will know I'll never destroy the earth by water again. Local flood? No, no. There have been a lot of local floods since then, haven't there? In fact, if you watch television, you'll see that that some of these storms that have been brewing, and you see the, the streets flooded with water, wiping out cities. No, no, it wasn't local. It was universal flood. In fact, the sentiments that they find up on the mountains, and, 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 and those things that yeah, when you find those fossils up there, folks, they, they had to be trapped quickly. Oh, yeah. you, you don't just have fossils just because something dies and lays down and dies. Fossils come because they're covered up. You know how they got covered? I believe with all my heart. Flood came. And the waters pushed. And the waters wiped it out. <laughs> but they were buried. And they're still finding them on the mountaintops. Now that tells me something. God did it. God did it in a big way. You know what I love about old Peter? He believed in creation. He's talking about it. He believed in a universal flood. Peter believed that. Now some people say it, dummy. How could he believe in a universal flood? Because he believed it, because God had said it would happen, and God just did what God said he would do. Does that make sense? But we're not done yet. You may wish I was, but I'm not. He goes on to say this. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of un godly men. You know what? Gary, I'm not the sharpest guy in the world. I'm glad you're here, Gary. Gary works for Joe McDonald, and he works down at Walnut most of the time, but they ship him up here 
So he's had to listen to me do funerals. Felt so sorry for me. He thought he'd come and listen to me today and kind of help me calm down a little bit. But I'm glad he's here. But he said this. He said, get ready for it. Because judgment is going to come. Now, just assume you not talk about judgment, preacher. Well, I would too, to be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? I've said this many times, and you know it. it if I believed that hell did not exist, I would say yes. But the Bible tells me it does. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want it to exist. I don't want it to. But he says judgment will come. And then he says this. He says, the reserve for fire until the day of judgment, perdition of ungodly man. Kind of interesting. 300 times in the New Testament. Aren't you glad for computers nowadays? 300 times in the New Testament, the second coming is mentioned. Three, listen to that, 300 times in the New Testament? You're not going to believe this one. 1,500 times in the Old Testament, God speaks of the day of wrath, the day of judgment, the day of destruction. 1,500 times in the Old Testament. When you start reading the prophets, you'll say, and one day God will destroy the nations who have turned away from him. And God will rule over the nations of the earth. That's Old Testament stuff. Over and over and over again. But here's the beauty. If we know Jesus, and by the way, that's the reason we get our kids at church, isn't it? We want to introduce Jesus to them, tell them how much Jesus loves them. He gave his life for them so they can know life and know Christ as their Savior. That's what we want them to know. But we also want people to know that if we don't trust him, separation can come. I'm sorry. Separation can come. You know, one of the things, and, and, and I'm about done, but one of the things that has always troubled me, and that is that somehow we want to protect our families. And we should. I want to protect my kids, and you do too, don't you? We want to protect our kids. But I also want them to grow up knowing truth. And by the way, I do not believe in scaring kids into the kingdom. You can't. But the Bible does say some are saved by fear. I remember, it wasn't Kara, but it was Kayla one day. My, my wife was teaching uh, her Sunday school class. And at uh, any rate, Jane asked the question, is there anyone that you are afraid of? And my daughter raised her hand. Jane said, Okay. Kayla, who are you afraid of? I'm afraid of you. When you're the Sunday school teacher, that makes it kind of rough. So why are you afraid of me? Well, in essence, if I do wrong, 
you're going to discipline me. There's a difference in being afraid. I always said, I want my kids to know how much I love them. I love hugging my kids still. I said, you know, I, I got to tell you this. My, my boy is not my birth son. But for Father's Day, he sent me a text. And when I married Jane, of course, Rob had already been born. Her first husband had died. And he sent me a text. And he said, Dad, I'm so glad you chose me to be your son. I slobbered and clawed and, you know, just tuck on like a dying calf. But you know what? I want my family to know I love them. I use that word a lot. Right before I just beat the stuffings out of my... T- no, I don't. <laughs> I'm kidding you. I'm kidding you. But uh, I want them to know I love them. And you know, I think we need that for each other, don't we? I, I, someone said the greatest thing you can do for your kids is show them how much you love their mom. I don't think that's bad, do you? And I think that's a part of our lives. Oh, Peter believed in the flood. Peter believed in creation. But Peter believed that Jesus is coming back again. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow he'll return in a robe of pure white. I'm packing up now, getting my things together. Who knows? He may come tonight. I know, I know, there's no doubt about it. He's real in my heart, and I'm going to shout it. I know, I know, my sins are forgiven, and I'm on my way to a place that's called heaven. Won't you come go with me out of that place over yonder? I'm, I'm shutting up. But it's important that we pack up And trust Jesus in the midst of it all. Father in heaven, speak to our hearts, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of being able to speak here today. And I'm asking God that you will direct our steps. I thank you for your word. Your word is truth. And Father, I know that there are probably some today that could even be offended by your word. I don't want to be an offense, but if your word becomes an offense, so let it be. But I pray most of all, Father, that our hearts will say, yes, I believe God created all things. Yes, I believe there was a great flood that covered this old world. Yes, I believe Jesus is coming back again. May our hearts be prepared. May our minds be focused on you. In the sweet name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.